So it's July of 1974, right? Oh, shit. And okay, we're, this, we're straight in. We're right in. Fucking hell, all right. Let me just... <laughs> July of... I'm there. Okay. You're with me. It's July yeah. of 1974. Mm-hmm. And this little girl is out playing um, in Provincetown, Massachusetts, which is out on the Cape, Cape Cod. Um, it is now... Yeah, go ahead. Could you give me a little bit more context as to what kind of place that might be? Because you, yes. you I don't have any frame of reference... For that? Okay. So what are we talking? Is it an industrial? Is it a suburb? What is it? Well, you have seen the film Jaws. Most certainly. This is what we're talking about. That okay. was Fine. filmed uh, in and around uh, Cape Cod in Massachusetts. So okay, beach area. Yeah, I'm there. that's I'm right. in 1974. Yeah. 1974, we're out at the beach, Provincetown, Massachusetts, a town that most people think of really mostly as like a gay mecca. That's what it's known for. It's like a cool place to party if you are gay. That Mm. is the legacy of Provincetown. And would it have been in 1974? um, Would it have been in that mm -hmm. time too? Okay, okay. Yeah, it would have as well. Um, But it has some seedier uh, elements to it. In fact, there's a current show on stars called Hightown starring my man... James Badgedale, that is about the seedy underbelly of that area. Um, But two minutes and 58 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) He had to make it in here somehow. It's going to happen. Real nice. (laughs) But it's 1974, and a little girl is with her family on the beach uh, going through the the sand dunes with uh, some family, some family Mm. friends, and their dogs. And her dog runs off into the dunes and she's like oh she goes and she chases after it this 12 year old girl and where does her sweet doggo lead her do you think mark uh i am guessing dog has picked up a scent i'm guessing mm-hmm. the dog has something in its snout i'm guessing that dog is on the trail of something tasty maybe what do you what might be uh in that doggo snout i'm thinking of what podcast we're on here and it's gonna be a corpse <laughs> isn't it <laughs> It's a corpse. Yeah. It is definitely ding, ding, a ding, corpse. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, the little dog leads leads our poor twelve year old uh, to the body of a woman that mm. is out, sort of away from the path, away from the road, not where you would just sort of like stumble upon it generally. Okay. Uh, but just sort of, you know, not super far, where she mm. ran after this dog and found this body. The body is nude. It's lying face down on a beach towel, nearly decapitated, Mm. and the left side of her head is completely crushed. Wow. Uh, So, yeah, big time blunt force trauma happening here. Um, Her hands have been cut off. And not only that, in the place of the hands, the murderer has uh, put some piled up pine needles, like some sort of weird, grotesque scarecrow. Mm-hmm which is neat. Uh, While some of her teeth were missing, it was clear she'd had lots of expensive dental work before this. They, for some reason, every article you read about this, I don't know who said it in the first place, but apparently it was referred to as New York style dentistry. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't know why. I guess people in New York have expensive teeth. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) But every article will bring up new york style dentistry and this what we do know is that there was like tens of thousands of dollars worth of work done in this person's mouth um Mm. including like gold crowns right so this is not like a total 
rando, like, this is not a broke person, anything like this. This is someone mm. who can afford to, like, get their yep. shit taken care of. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's what they, they find. And her head was resting on a pair of folded-up Wranglers and a blue bandana. Her own? Her own, as far as we know, yeah. Okay. Uh, so the woman's thought to have been between 25 and 35 years old. She was around 5'6", 145 pounds with an athletic build and auburn hair pulled back into a ponytail. Uh, it's thought that she might have been asleep when she was murdered because of the way that she was lying on the towel. Like, mm. I mean, that makes sense, right? Like, you lay out, she was away from the path so that sure. people couldn't see her, like, nude sunbathing. And she's lying there with, like, her head on her jeans and her bandana yep, yep, on yep. a towel. I've done that. So it's... You know, they think that she might have been asleep whenever this happened. But they go through all the, like, missing persons reports for the area. And it's 1974, so it's not like they just, like, get on the internet and they're like, hey, let's see the entire database for the United States or whatever. Limited amount of places that they could look in this missing persons database, but they look. Mm. And nobody comes up in this database who meets the description of this woman. Uh, over the years, a few leads came in, like a woman thought that it might be her sister because her sister had like gone missing around Boston around that time and had auburn hair, but that lead didn't seem to go anywhere. Um, there was a woman in Canada who thought she might've been a woman. She saw her father strangle while visiting in Provincetown when she was five years old, which raises a lot of questions in and of itself. Not going to touch that. But... For some reason, by the time they got back to this woman about this, she'd moved. So they lost that lead as well. I will so, say it doesn't really sound like that's what happened here. No, nah, certainly not. Are you telling me that the, the victim has never been identified? Is that what we're saying? Right. So also they thought that it might be a drug dealer and bank robber named Rory Jean Kessinger, who okay. had escaped from jail nearby and disappeared around the same time. Uh, but they took DNA from uh, Kessinger's mom and there was no like relative match with this person. Mm. So yeah, no one has ever been able to identify for sure who this woman was or who murdered her. Mm. Uh, one guy confessed many years later, but he was a paranoid schizophrenic and the cops couldn't find any evidence that actually like linked him to this. So it's not, yeah. Lots of really interesting stuff here. I mean, the the that's some Hannibal shit, you know. You you saw Hannibal, yeah, the show Hannibal, the, having the fucking hands cut off and having mm-hmm. pine cone pine needles arranged where the stump should be. Uh, yeah, that's 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 you know that's somebody taking the time to arrange the scene to their own. This is my design type shit, isn't it? That's the thing is that it isn't like straightforward in any mm. way. Like if this is just you know someone happened by, and it was a crime of opportunity. Yeah, that's a weird thing to do, right? To cut off the hands and put pine needles. But like, also, what does that mean? Like, is this a serial killer? Did they do this to anyone else that hasn't come up as an MO on Mm. other crimes? Uh, You know, if it was someone who knew her, why? Like, there's just there's nothing about the crime itself that really lends to solutions here. And people Mm. also thought it might have been the legendary boston crime boss uh whitey bulger because mm-hmm. he was known for you know disfiguring corpses and whatnot to make sh- okay. make it so that you couldn't recognize them afterwards and taking teeth out was certainly not something he he would have uh, shied away from a very much part of my hands. mo uh as as outlined last week that's, that's yes, absolutely exactly. what i would be doing um yeah but 
that's pretty standard. Although plenty of people have weighed in that my method of murder, uh, uh, yeah. as outlined last week, was shite, to quote one <laughs> fucking commenter. So, all right, back to the drawing board yeah. for me then. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get great feedback on that. Listen, you need to you need to watch more true crime before you yeah. really tackle this, but okay. you try. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so also Whitey Bulger was known to hang out at a local Provincetown bar that was called the Crown and Anchor. Mm. Uh, and su- supposedly he might have been seen with a woman who looked kind of like this, but it's also like... It's not a super uncommon description of a woman in no. Eastern Massachusetts. Like, mm-hmm. So, you know, eh, who knows? But there is one very interesting theory about her identity that was put forth in 2015 by none other than Joe Hill. Are you familiar with Joe Hill? Uh, Stephen King's son. Stephen King's son, the author, yes. screenwriter, of Joe course. Hill. Yes. Uh I'm going to send you something in your text right now for you to look at. All right. I've never read any of his stuff, by the way. Is he any good? Uh, I've read some of his short stories and quite enjoyed them. So I think I might have read one of his actual books. Anyways, why don't you describe the picture? Yeah. Why don't you describe that picture that I've just sent to you? Uh, what I'm seeing here is a picture. It looks like a, maybe a boardwalk or a pier. Um, yes. It is very crowded. It's clearly summertime. There are uh, people in various kind of summer attire, shorts, summer dresses. Um, there's a child yes. on uh, what I can assume is his father's shoulders. Uh, yes. Seems... All right. Before you go any further. Okay. Let me tell you what this actually is. Please do. This right here is a screenshot from the 1975 film Jaws. I thought I recognized the woman in the bandana on the left-hand side of the frame. Yes. You oh, shit. Woman. <laughs> <laughs> I could not have planned that better. That was no. What did you just recognize, Mark? The lady in the Wranglers and the blue bandana on the left-hand side of the frame. Oh, shit. In the left-hand side of this frame, in this crowd shot, which I will post in the blog, will post on the Twitter as well, is a woman. Bravo, bravo, Corrigan. <laughs> a blue bandana <laughs> and a pair of jeans loosely meeting the description of the body that was found in the dunes. As well as over time, they've done various sort of like, you know when kids go missing and they like age enhance them and things like that? Yeah, 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 they always look fucking terrible. Yeah, they do. But they've done that with the face of the Lady of the Dunes many times over the years as that technology has sort of, you know, gotten better and whatnot. Um, And this extra in Jaws happens to look a whole lot like the reconstructions that they've done of the Lady of the dunes um and when did jaws film the summer of 1974 and where Mm -hmm. cape cod massachusetts exactly where this woman uh was found so obviously you know well they tried to figure out if this was her Mm. and the woman who was the i saw this in a documentary or something somewhere the woman who was uh, the casting director at the time, like they were like, "Do you have records of this?" Surely and she would. she actually thought she might, but when they went, I mean, it's been you know forty something 
nearly 50 years since that mm-hmm. movie came out uh, and any records that there might have been of who the extras were it's completely lost at this point it's just not like an important thing that you would have kept yeah um, of course of course so she didn't have any records of who this lady might have been i think it's interesting that as this has circulated no one has come out and been like no, that's my that's me or that's mm. my grandmother or something yep. like that, right? Like yep. nobody's looked at that picture and been like, "No, I actually know her." Mm. Uh and so, you know, that's something uh <laughs> in and of itself. So mm. it's a tenuous link, of course. Like it's it's, you know, it's not necessarily proof per se, but it it's, is kind of it interesting. It stacks up, doesn't it? Yeah, it's interesting that hey, every time we watch jaws, we may be watching amongst the last moments of the life of the Lady of the Dunes. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold so, outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Wherever you are in the world, a massive welcome to episode 32 Two. of Jack of All Graves. The fucking world keeps turning, and so too do we <laughs> here to absorb, chew over, and spit back out the fucking associated filth and horror and crime and weirdness. That's what we wow. talk about. Yes, 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 yes. And this week is no different. I'm going to start, if I may, by mm. de- by dedicating this episode. Uh, look, I know that I know I know it's a tough time, right? I know that it's tough. <laughs> oh boy! I know that it's difficult. If you, like me, are one of the many millions of people around the world. Mourning the loss, the loss of our poor Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, died in the prime of his life, a sprightly, uh, you know, a healthy, athletic man of 90 fucking nine. Um, But look, if if you are in mourning like we all are, apparently, um, obviously, do just please take comfort in knowing that. He died as he lived, a very wealthy racist. <laughs> here, you know? here. So pour one Phil. out for fucking pour one out for Phil. Because mm. I sure am. But oh, this one's for you. If uh, like me and like anyone uh, rational, you agree that the fucking very notion of royalty, the very notion of a monarchy is an embarrassing fucking anachronistic smear on our British cultural identity. Burn it down. That's all I got to say about that. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all I got to say. (laughs) But welcome to Joag. Um, It's, uh, okay, so news in Joag news. So coming up next weekend, we've got the fourth Joag Watch along, and I'm delighted, Ooh. delighted to announce that the winner of the poll is uh, Nicolas Cage's, uh, the Nicolas Cage starring remake of the uh, folk horror classic The Wicker Man. I've never seen it. 
obviously it gets an absolute fucking slating wherever it is spoken of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really, really hoping that, that you all grab some tins and fucking just store up as much venom as you can this week, right? <laughs> just fill up your Empty fucking... Empty it all out. Yeah. Just th- those poison sacks at the side of your neck. Just fucking <laughs> fill those up this week for me. Uh, Unless we'll get together on Discord and just be as creatively fucking horrific to this movie as we can, please. I would love that a lot. It would be cathartic. Think of it as yeah, as, so. as a nice cathartic fucking venting of the anger. Yeah, I feel really good about this. I think this was a, a solid choice. Good job, good. team, for, for yes. picking this one. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Uh, just going to be great to hate on. So, yeah, get yourself in that mindset, right? You know, and, and prepare yourself. It's going to be it's going to be grand. So, I, you know. Do you know, I don't even think you realize what you just did. It's great to hate. It's great to hate. That's the journey that I've been did on. Did I say I mean, that? You did. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> first, <laughs> first couple of weeks of Joag. No, it's not nice to say bad things about movies, <laughs> is it? Everybody's trying their best. 30 weeks later, fucking spit it. It's great to hate. <laughs> Listen, 30 weeks in pandemic time is like a decade. Oh. We've become hardened. Our souls what. have changed in that time. My poison sack is fucking overflowing, let me tell you. Well, that is really hard. <laughs> you know, I'm like a fucking... Is it Dilophosaurus? The fucking... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that lad. <laughs> Squirting vile That's venom beautiful. into Dennis Nedry's eyes. Ah, ah, ah. So that'll be right, April help 17th. Me out. You'll know this. What was the the brand of the shaving cream? Barbasol. Fucking yes! I knew you'd know that. <laughs> Very nice. Hello. Uh, <laughs> yes, April 17th. Uh, it will be at 8 p.m. if you're in Mark's neck of the woods in yep. the UK. It'll be at 3 p.m. if you're in mine on the East Coast. It will be at noon if you are over on the West Coast. Very nice. Uh, so come Didn't we discover? Uh, we discovered this week that we have a small number of listeners in New Zealand. Fuck knows what time it will be do. there. Sorry, no clue. Um, yeah, I think it's like like 19 hours difference or something like that. <laughs> the nice thing about it might even be more. I just remember when I was in New Zealand, it was like just such that it was actually kind of a convenient time difference oh, between nice. okay. like California okay. and New Zealand because it was like it was just like being a day apart. Yep. You know, it wasn't it wasn't terrible so you know but yeah Yeah. uh if you are a kiwi you're gonna have to figure this one out for yourself let us know (laughs) i can't do every time zone i don't know what time it is uh if west you want to join us in hong kong it's i don't know um it's past your bedtime that's a terrible time difference right there uh but go to um our the link is in everything our facebook our twitter all that kind of stuff Yeah, yeah yeah but our link tree has our Discord. Uh, go and join up. Get ready for that. And we will have a blast on Saturday. I'm so looking forward to it. Yes, yeah, so am I. So am I. Because uh, yeah. they're, they're, they're always fun. So, yes. Yeah. Going to be a good one. Yeah. And now that we have um, taken care of our t-shirt contest, I solemnly swear we will actually get to, like, actual merch. Right. Let's, yes, let's you and I do that this week. Let's look at what the options are and get yeah. it done. Yeah, we will do that because we have had people actually asking us for that, which I don't think is a thing that we anticipated. No, we did not. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we we do like to respond to demand and we yeah. will uh, we will get some stuff 
going for you guys as soon as we figure out what the best way to in do many ways but soon you get the cast you deserve you know and if, if you're asking us for shit we'll just we'll do it yeah we're easy like that yep we're eager <laughs> to please <laughs> eager to please we are <laughs> You wouldn't think it, but we are. Uh, Um, And yeah, uh, aside from that, we have watched some films this particular week. We've gone remake crazy this week, haven't we? We have gone remake crazy. Yeah, first we watched the remake of Wrong Turn, which you've never seen the original, right? Not so I'd remember. I think I might have seen it. uh, I mean, it's like... At some 17 point. years old at this yeah, point exactly, which was a exactly. weird moment for me to realize like I, I was watching the original and Keo said something to me uh, about something in it uh, and I was like well you know it was 17 like almost 18 years ago or whatever and mm. then I was like what uh, no disgusting. that's uh, bonkers when, <laughs> yeah. you said, when you mentioned earlier on that Jaws is pushing 50 oh yeah, man, yeah that's, right? that's <laughs> too much perspective Makes you want to puke, doesn't it? Yes, it, it does. Uh, it does. <laughs> so yeah, it's, you know, a 17, 18 year old movie with uh, Desmond Harrington in his prime, though. My God, he is so hot in that movie. Yeah, all right. That and Ghost Ship are good Desmond Harrington moments. And then what? by the time he's on Dexter, you're like, Ugh, what is uh, this? Let me quickly Google this fella. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you see him, you'll, you'll recognize him from, from Dexter. Uh, and he's like sort of your lead in the original wrong turn. So the original wrong Oh, him. Turn. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was like wicked cute back in the day. He was good in Dexter. <laughs> he, was one of the, he was one of the things. I, he, I always enjoyed him as De- in, in, yeah. in Dexter. Yeah. But at that point, he's like kind of just like, I don't know, roided out looking kind of. It, yeah. it just lost that boyish charm that he had in, in the uh, early aughts. But anyways, the original Wrong Turn is about um, basically this guy who uh, is trying to make it to like a job interview or something of that nature uh, and gets stuck in traffic, decides to turn around to go a different direction. And in doing so, he accidentally hits this car that is full of, you know, late 20s folks who were all camping but ran over some... Uh, barbed wire and blew out their tires Mm. and this posse then sort of joins forces uh and are killed off one by one by you know your standard inbred hillbilly very deliverancey kind of characters real good makeup in that one you know just Mm. scary they they like don't even speak like english they've got like this weird simlish thing that they're doing in this uh movie which i guess is kind of reflected in the the new one as well Mm. um but yeah it's just like kind of a it's a real sort of slasher hillbilly slasher type uh flick very grimy very 2000 it it shares a lot in common with uh the texas chainsaw remake that we will discuss as well but that's Uh, the original wrong turn the remake didn't offend me particularly i seem to remember it was it was a perfectly passable if a little overlong if a little clumsy in its message, Ugh. um, <laughs> couple of hours afterwards, I was like, I don't know. See, maybe I will let this one get away with it as a message movie because I'm not entirely sure what the message yeah, was. Yeah, I can yeah, tell yeah, it was yeah, aiming yeah. for something. Yes, it. I'm just uh, not sure what it was. Something, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I struggled with the with the notion that there's uh, just a fucking a forgotten tribe of people on a mountain somewhere. <laughs> 
Yeah, so the Wrong Turn remake um, is instead this group of, of you know, t- early 20s-ish people mm. who decide to hike Appalachia, but they're like, they're on the Appalachian Trail, but they're like wildly underprepared in the first place, which is the thing that offended me. It's like, these do not look like they are about to go out there and, and hike that thing, which is notoriously difficult. But anyway, I digress. Um, I, uh, oh. What I, I have to jump in here, and one of the things I love the most about it is the just the sheer blunt force trauma of the number of times that it goes out of its way to point out that they don't have any mobile signal. Like four I times. Like I knew this was coming, yep. <laughs> ah, I do not wave my phone around. Can't seem to get a signal here. Ah. <laughs> Uh, which also the you know beginning of wrong turn the original wrong turn does have uh desmond harrington losing signal but it's also 2003 so you Mm. know of course much more you go into the woods you do not have signal on his like little nokia bar phone Mm -hmm. Um, but in the remake these kids go into the woods uh there is i honestly not sure if it was supposed to be an accident or if the woods people did this but a tree falls it and was the woodsman i believe was it the woods uh, yeah i wasn't sure exactly what happened let's go there. ahead and call him that yeah the tree a tree falls somehow maybe is cut down crushes one of them they take off trying to figure out what to you know what to do how to get help yada yada and they end up uh in the grips of this strange mountain cult that has yeah. been living since the civil war uh in the hills here with their own kind of judicial system yeah uh, their their own kind of traditions of of breeding and division of labor mm-hmm. you know what i mean they've got a whole kind of workforce uh kind of set up it seems very efficient yeah. what they do seems great Right, like it's, you know, if you, in a different movie, they've created Star Trek. They've got like a communist utopia or something up there, you know, except then you add in like this weird eugenics-y element of like perfect breeding and murdering people and all this kind of stuff. And uh... It's the crossover I never knew I wanted. I would love to have seen what fucking Riker would have made of those lads. Riker Riker joins the away team, themes what the fuck is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it's kind of like that one episode of Next Generation where uh, they go off onto that one planet and it is like this like great utopia and everybody's fit and happy and all that kind of stuff. But then Wesley <laughs> falls over that fence and they're like, oh, now we have to kill him. <laughs> like, what? Uh, yeah, Wesley. he broke the rules. <laughs> hey, I love Wesley. <laughs> I love when he f- fucked off with the traveler, mate. That was a that was the, the... see a Wesley. Bye, mate. That was oh, his man. best moment. One of moment. my first crushes. But well, hey, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> he was my first Wesley crush. Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah. So that's what this wrong turn is about. It's, yeah, over, over long, I think, is definitely, it's almost two hours long. It's like an hour and 56 mm. minutes or something like that, which is a bit much. It is a bit um, much. As, uh, you know, films are too long, as we've said time and time again. But yeah. it didn't, it didn't piss me off in the way that some other movies have done lately no yeah i think you know it has some it has some good kills some like ones that make you kind of laugh and you know there's plenty of weirdness it's uh yeah it's a mess yes but it's you know it's enjoyable yeah um and nothing more you know don't yeah. don't come blame us if you watch it and you're not fulfilled <laughs> we're not telling you that it's going to fulfill you it's just yeah it exists 
it exists. If you put it on in the background while you're doing something else, yes. you will be like you will be able to keep up with it. You don't have to worry about missing important things. Um, yeah, yep, yep, yep. It's not that coherent. But... Now, unlike Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, right? Which Corey and yes. I uh, was it last night we watched this. I think it was. I'm Maybe, not going to go yeah. into. I'm not going to. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this because um, I I already have done, but. Yes, and in that to reference that, uh, check out our Instagram if you want a little bit more of a complete uh, review from fresh. Our... <laughs> yeah, fresh after seeing it, you know, three tins deep, real by the fast. Way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, I've had three beers. Should I? Should I do this? And I was like, yeah. Oh no, you definitely should. Okay. No, but, uh, listen. It was it was an absolute delight. Um, yeah. Uh, sets up, you know. Uh, you know how, how much I'm in love with the Texas Chainsaw franchise. And this is a lovely kind of companion piece to the main timeline uh, with a fantastic Leatherface. Leatherface is such a storied character, right? And every version of him is different and wonderful in its own way. Uh, mm -hmm. We saw horny Leatherface quite recently in Texas Chainsaw <laughs> 2 with his little Woo! his hooting noises and his little dance. Yeah. He's a, just a sweetheart. <laughs> um, but this guy is a totally different kettle of fish. He's like a nine foot tall mutant. Yeah. Uh, who, yeah um man baby killing machine uh and the, the the family are great the kills are fantastic it's grimy as fuck there's absolutely no sense of humor in that film at all um and it, yeah it, it it there's some directorial choices and some shots which give it a lovely synergy with the original the prime texas timeline uh, I, I'm a big fan. I enjoyed it a great deal, and more than I was expecting. Actually, I was expecting yeah. when you see Michael Bay uh, in any fucking way, shape, or form in the credits of the movie you're about to watch. That sends a signal. You, you know, you, you kind of you you shrivel up and, and you want to die a little bit before that the film has even started. I mean, but I've seen Pain and Gain a lot of times. I'm not gonna lie. So maybe I'm not as uh, skeptical as you are. That was just The Rock, and uh, The Rock made that film what it was. Well, <laughs> Pain, you're right, Pain Again is a fucking solidly entertaining couple of hours, but due in no small part to The Rock, being the most true. absolutely charismatic and watchable guy in anything he does. Yeah, it's true. It's, yeah, it's hard to find fault there. But, mm. yeah, but I'm going no, to was... go back and watch the rest of those of, of that series of, of, uh, yeah. of, of Texas films, because they're great. They're really good. Yeah, I haven't seen the... I mean, I watched the original remake i guess <laughs> the first in your yeah, kelvin yeah. timeline of yeah. uh of texas chainsaw massacre the one with jonathan tucker which is the one that initially gave me the idea of um creating a tumblr called jonathan tucker must die which i've mentioned before yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah i have i think i've only seen it once maybe twice and it was a long time ago so i'd like mm -hmm. to revisit that and see where the rest of this goes i'm enjoying my texas chainsaw re-education Good. Here. Good, good, good. Yeah. Because so am I. <laughs> yeah. Um so I yeah, I think we both would say this is absolutely a recommendation. When it finished, Mark was like, Can I give this four stars? And I was like, I think you have to give it four stars. This is a yeah. this is an enjoyable movie yep. with not a message to be seen in oh, sight. Fuck which no. was glorious to me. I mean yep. oh, apolitical. I needed that. It, it, it says nothing. It, it has, has nothing to say about anything. <laughs> And it's oh, great. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so great. And the la the final kill in this movie is uh, just <laughs> just delightful. So yeah, yeah, I think you should watch it. And then let two, us know what you let us know. Two jog thumbs up. 
Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I four, see people's letterboxed and whatnot. That is mm. four. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, let us know. Comment. Tell us mm. about it. Text us. Whatever the case may be. Um, I wish Text that I should have made it. Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, I should edit that out for your sake. Oh, that's come in. on. Yeah, no, that's okay. staying in. Um, I wish I had made like a running thing in Evernote of all the different ways from last week people's responses to their methods mm. of murder because there were some good ones. Amongst my favorites, though, that I remember um, were uh, someone who said the old uh, make it look like your cat tripped them at the top of the stairs. Yeah, that was my that buddy was Richie. Yeah, yeah, really that nice. Was a good one. Um, another was uh, just watch the uh, Unsolved Mysteries show and then do it the way people did it on that. Oh, it's like, okay. I didn't see that one, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of Unsolved Mysteries. I guess if you do it the way those went down. Then they'll never solve the mystery. They'll never solve the mystery. And if um, they do, then they can then apply the same methodology to the original. It's a really good point as well. So, you know, you either committed the perfect crime or you helped solve one. Beautiful. Win, win, That's win, good. win, win. Um, and another, uh, of course, my friend Wes uh, said that he would go out into the woods during hunting season yeah. and shoot <laughs> someone. Shoot someone from a really long leave. way away. Yeah. <laughs> and just nick off. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, that's a really good point. Um, (laughs) Although I will say that movie Caliber with Martin McCann that I talked about a few weeks ago is about a pair of people who um, do that, albeit by accident, and things go very poorly. But Mm. it was an accident. If they had planned to do it, they probably could have gotten away with it. So not a bad plan, Wes. Mm. Not a bad plan. Almost too good. Almost too good. (laughs) Well, shall we talk about our main subject? Why, why don't we... I'm going to start you off with a little quiz, if I may, mm. right? Okay, yeah, hit me. Oh what boy. do the following names have in common? Oh, gosh. What do the following names have in common, would you say? Uh, Ian Watkins, Louis C.K., Marilyn Manson, Morrissey, Woody Allen, and Chris Jericho. They're all douchebags. Yeah, they're all fundamentally awful people, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. it, to varying degrees. Yeah, yeah. Right? For different reasons, but yeah. Mm-hmm. However, fundamentally awful people to varying degrees, but put it like this. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know about Ian Watkins? Um, it's one of the, <laughs> one of those things I uh, Google every now and again. I know it's like a child porn thing, right? Okay, so Ian Watkins is a uh, uh, or was a Welsh. Uh, he was in a, a metal band from Wales called Lost Prophets. Okay, yeah. they really had like one hit here that I listened to a lot in high school. But they were they were very big here for a, quite a while, playing festivals, uh, millions sales. Um, but in 2012, he was charged with a litany of the most horrific and, you know, most indefensible sexual offences uh, mm. against children, veering into, you know... So it wasn't over... just porn, it was like actual... Oh, fuck like... no. Um, he, was, uh, he was charged with engaging in a conspiracy to engage in sexual activity with a one-year-old girl. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. The guy is fucking pond scum. 
uh, and is currently serving 35 years in prison, right? Now, that said, Lost Profits still enjoy one nearly 104,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Which leads me to fucking beg to ask the question, at what fucking point do you cut an artist loose? Mm-hmm. At what point... What are the what are the what are the kind of the moral and mental gymnastics that you go through right. to continue to enjoy the work of an artist or a creator in the face of irrefutable evidence of them being scum? It's mm, a really good question. I gave you my before we I, well, we're obviously going to delve deeper into this mm. separating art from artist and whatnot. Can I give you my initial thing? That's usually my my Please. rule of thumb, if Please. you will. Um, I guess it's sort of a two part rule, but mm. I always say I can have the things that were important to me before I knew they were terrible. Oh, that's interesting. Because it's like. If mm. I grew up listening to something or watching something or things like that, and it is like a huge part of, you know, something for me, it's gonna like, you know, if I own the media, all that kind of stuff, it does nothing for me to be like, and now I don't, yep. you know, participate in that. Like, okay, now I've just lost a thing that I loved. Mm. Um, but also the other element of that is it depends on if the thing that the person did means right. that when I listen to you or watch or read that thing, yeah. uh, I like feel ill about it or it's all that I'm thinking about the entire time. Yeah. So if I did, you know, How listen to something and then find your, out, yeah, 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 yeah your exactly of something the really, really horrible. And then I, you know, listen to something and I'm like, yeah, no, all I'm thinking about is how terrible that person is. There are, uh, I, listen, that, that feels, that feels actually quite solid. You know, am I, uh, does, does, does the, the weight of their misdeed completely fucking poison and corrupt my experience of what they've right. created? I think for just like everything, uh, there, the, there's no formula, right? There's no kind right. of algebra that you can employ here <laughs> where you plug in the artist and the misdeed, and you maybe divide it by the impact they've had, uh, the possibility of rehabilitation, and you get spit out. Are they? Can <laughs> the you still... problematic formula. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but there's there are a lot of of things to consider. There's a lot of things to take into account, and every person, of course, will approach this a different way. I I tend to. There's a couple of things that I tend to to, to use to try and weigh it up. Right. Yeah. Uh, that is the nature of the offence itself. Mm-hmm. The the, the the severity of the offense. So, mm-hmm. for example, let's take Morrissey, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I know several fucking diehard fans of Morrissey and the Smiths. Yeah. Uh, and you, uh, they, the, the, this feels to me as though you know you weigh up the impact that the artist has had on your life. You weigh mm-hmm. up the amount that they've enriched your life, what they have done to kind of add to your life over the years. Mm-hmm weigh up the fucking scale of the misdeed and see if the two, if the one outweighs the other, you know? Let me treat you to some, just because there's a part of me that finds him funny as fuck. And I just want to <laughs> treat you to some quotes from Morrissey. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, Which, by the way, like, I loved Morrissey. 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I even saw him live a few years ago, you know. Yep. Um, so, but I know, go ahead. Let's Let's just hear it. Quote, you can't help but feel that the Chinese people are a subspecies. Oh, fucking hell, Marcy. Uh, quote, although I don't have anything against people from other countries, the higher the influx into England, the more the British identity disappears. There's fucking just pages of shit this guy said. But his music and his band leave a fucking colossal legacy. Mm-hmm. And the nature of this, of his, of his misdeeds over the years, falls to me into a category of general dick behavior. The guy is just generally right. not a pleasant person. Yeah, and exactly. I can, I can, I can see how, for a diehard Smiths and Morrissey fan, you could continue to be in the light. You just he he doesn't make a secret of the fact that he's a fucking ball bag. He just is casually just a, a prick. And right. for somebody who who has loved him all their life, I, I guess you could learn to live with that. Yeah, that's always so hard for me. Like again, where I'm like, I can keep what I loved before, but I would have mm. a really hard time with someone who now is like so overtly like racist and, mm. you know, all of these kinds of things being like, and I'm still going to pay money that goes into his pockets yes. to see his shows or to buy his albums or things mm-hmm. like that. You know, even if, listen, if you like the new music, steal it. But like, you know, that's to me, mm. I think that's one of the th- the issues is, you know, we're, do I spend my money? Yes. And the idea of whatever little bit of, you know, the pennies of mine that go into his pocket. Yeah. That doesn't sit super well with me, you know? Well, that's, that's what really makes me scratch my head at the, you know, that, that 105,000 monthly listeners that Lost right. Profits continue to get. That's just on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I, guess I don't maybe... know what fucking deal they've got, but that's enough for an income for the fucking man, you know? Well, that's my my thought process is there's, I imagine, I mean, there's a number of people who probably have no idea, especially Americans, because I really don't think that, like, this made, like, a huge impact here. Um, But, like, I think people who are, like, kind of in the scene know about it. I think that's how I heard about it in the first place was just kind of, like, you know, Mm. in Facebook groups and whatnot. But Mm. I think, for one, there's probably a lot of people who have no idea what they're listening to you know mm. um those okay, things come okay, up on okay. radio things like that on spotify yeah uh and then also i would imagine i would be thinking he's not getting any of it because he's in prison mm. um and i don't know what the rest of that band is like if they have disavowed i believe uh, that all that's, of this and that's exactly what they've done they claimed no knowledge and cut ties right yeah and so i guess you know maybe people listening to it are like he's not benefiting from mm any of this which i don't know if he is or not nor do i when he gets out he has tons of money from his spotify royalties or whatever but uh you know i guess that's my like i think about that with people who have like died and stuff like that too like i know that person was terrible but also they've been dead for 20 years what does it matter if i Mm. now listen to or watch something that they were a part of i think one of the things I can relate to, like, I don't know, maybe this is even worse than this, and maybe Morrissey isn't the person to relate this to. But I'm just thinking in terms of people who, like, you know, you love someone and their music so much that you kind of give a pass you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I do that with David Bowie. 
okay. uh, that David Bowie was known in the the 70s for, you know, sleeping with at least one, if not multiple underage girls. And we're talking mm. like 13, 14 year old girls. Mm. Um, and, you know, obviously uh, the way that sex worked and expectations and rock and roll and all that kind of stuff was different at mm. the time, but that doesn't really excuse it. No, no. Um, and yet, you know, I, that's one of those things that for whatever reason, I, I can listen past it, yeah. you know, and it's I'm, I'm, horrible. I'm seeing that exact fucking, the, the scales going in your head. So if yeah. I weigh up his fucking artistic contribution to my life here and mm -hmm. the, 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 you know the the mitigating circumstances that you've just talked about for the crime there possibly i mean you can come out the other side continuing to right. fucking enjoy the work yeah and it's you know it makes me feel gross because that's like if i knew of an artist who did the same thing now yes. i would not do yeah. that there's no way i would i would yeah. be like oh that's fine and i'll continue listening to this you know i'm doing a lot of mental gymnastics for someone who has had you know, such a giant impact on my life from yeah. Labyrinth to every album that he's made, you know? Mm. I mean, the the two... I mentioned Louis C.K. and Marilyn Manson, and I've had mm, very mm -hmm. different reactions to them both, even though mm -hmm. both of those names, again, a colossal impact uh, on, on, on my life. Marilyn Manson, particularly in my formative years. It is, I, I mean, I was a colossal fan of not just his music, but his aesthetic. I fucking properly... You will use my Bowie for a bit during my during my fucking right, yeah. you know my early years, um, but I, it's been it's been tough. But he's he's gone from every playlist. I I, I simply don't listen to the guy anymore, um, yeah. because of the you know the 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 severity. Obviously, you have to believe the accuser and the severity of the the shit that he's done. Now it's not something that you can compartmentalize and go. Hey, it was fucking sixty odd years ago. Right. It's a fresh fucking crime. Yeah. Um, a total lack of attrition, a total mm -hmm. lack of, um, well, denial. It's 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 you know the guy's denying it, and and so yeah. which closes off any any route to rehabilitation or learning. Right. Yeah. All of absolutely. that you put all of those in the fucking red column, and mm -hmm. that does not allow me to carry on enjoying his work. Now Louis C.K. Right now I'm I fucking struggle with this one every time I see mm -hmm. the guy's name because <laughs> the, the, aside from maybe one or two others I don't think there was a comedian whose work I enjoyed more than his. Like, right? In my, yeah. In oh my man, I was a huge years. fan. Huge fan. Fucking funny as fuck, and you know somehow, ah man, somehow, what's the word I'm looking for? Empathetic and soulful somehow. Yeah. Um, but turns out, I mean, even though he was fucking quite openly giving us all the clues we fucking needed in his right. work. Yeah. Uh, That's what's so frustrating about Louis C.K. is that one of the reasons that I know I loved him and probably you and others was because of his awareness mm. of his of his space as a man, of his privilege, of all these kinds of things, and yes. the ways in which it could be used terribly. And the point of his show and his comedy was about that, about, mm -hmm. you know, being aware Flawed. of the ways that he could use these things and abuse it. And the character on the show, we thought, was, mm. 
you know, that was it. It was a character. So he made the mistakes and we assumed Louis the person did not make those mistakes. Sure, sure, sure. You know, that he went so far as to have him like sort of attempt to sexually assault uh, Pamela Adlon's character in the show. You know, that was like huge. And then to be like, oh, but as he was making this show... Yep. He was also doing it. Exactly. It's such a huge betrayal. <laughs> like, how how could you? You know, you knew. You knew. And then, like you said with Marilyn Manson, he has, you know, he doubled down, essentially. Like, he yeah, kind of, yeah, like, yeah, briefly yeah. sort of apologized or whatever. And then realized he could just speak to conservatives instead. Mm. And went that route. Whereas, you know, on paper... Louis C.K.'s kind of dealing with the dealing with the situation, dealing with the fallout, you know, a period of exile claims that he was learning from the experience and a slow kind of baby steps back into a career. I mean, his stuff since he's come back has been not great. Nope. Uh, but I'm I'm still happy to watch it. I'm still happy to. I'm still I'm still I still fucking I guess, root for him a little. I don't know. I can't. That's one that I absolutely cannot. I think because that's the thing is it's one thing to like, it's because he knew the whole time what he was doing and Mm. he made stuff that misled all of us Mm. about it, you know, that made him seem woke, you know, that Mm. made him seem like he was better than that. All the while as a cover for the fact that he actually was that guy. And then when he came back, he's making, you know, I remember hearing like the recording um, that someone made at one of his like secret shows or whatever. And he was, it was just oh, unrepentant. It was, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's, it just feels like he figured out that instead he could do this like Tim Allen, claim he's been canceled and speak to an audience that is you know, not bothered by what he did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's a better, that's a better route than trying to actually change things and rehabilitate his image in a meaningful way. I think I'm I'm remembering this right. Didn't he come back and just start doing lazy, lazy stuff about fucking pronouns on Twitter? Yeah. Just, just the fucking rubbish, which leads us on, which leads us on to JK Rowling. Yep. Um, I, I would love I would love nothing more than to get a tattoo uh, for of a band or two I love right but I'm terrified mm-hmm. that the day after I fucking get it yeah they'll be they'll be revealed as a pedo right so yeah exactly <laughs> talk to me about the space that your Harry Potter ink now occupies on your body and your thoughts about it now yeah I am thankful that I do have a Harry Potter tattoo, but it is a um, vague one. It's a snow globe that has the um, the equipment that you get for your first year at Hogwarts. So it's like a stack of books, a telescope, um, a wand, things like mm-hmm. that. So if you look at it, it's just kind of like a snow globe full of nerdy stuff. Okay. <laughs> so it's not super obvious, which I'm thankful for. It's tough because I also, you know, I have what I jokingly call my Elizabeth Warren tattoo. And when mm. I went and got it, you know, it's a nevertheless, she persisted um, yeah, yeah, tattoo. Yeah. When I went and got it, I was like, what if it turns out Elizabeth Warren is trash, which she kind of is. Uh, and this gal was sitting in there and she was like, it doesn't really matter. It's not like you're getting her face on you. It's about what the, the phrase means to you, you know? And I was like, okay, yeah, that's a good point. Put it on mm. me. 
And so I don't really have any regrets about that or my Harry mm. Potter tattoo. I <laughs> There is a contingent of people who love to like gloat over this because they think people who like Harry Potter have always been just like weird brainwashed. Sure, whatever. Sure, sure. It's like the read another book is like yeah, a constant yeah, 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 refrain yeah. from people. Mm-hmm. But it was an important part of my life. My sister, she like basically couldn't read or she claimed she couldn't read for most of her life. Uh, and then she discovered Harry Potter when she was in fourth grade. And all of a sudden, all she did was read. And she has read them all, listened mm-hmm. to them all like every day in the shower. She I don't know if she still does, but up until all of this nonsense with J.K. Rowling, she listen to them in the shower every day like she loves them we went to all the midnight book releases all Mm. the midnight showings i went to one of the midnight showings two days before my wedding like it has my friends and i we spent so much of our time like debating it sitting around in college just like debating things what was going to happen in the books it was a hugely important thing to me and then of course good old joanne discovered being a turf uh decided that the one thing she cares about most in the world is making sure that trans women are denied their humanity. And it's wild because this is also a woman who was known for like, you know, she was like the richest woman in Britain and then gave her money away to charity. And that's why she wasn't the richest woman in Britain. Like someone who I had known for all of these like great things and then this is the cause that she's decided to get behind and that she's determined her legacy is she's willing to put her entire legacy out and trash the whole thing in order to make sure that her idea of gender uh, is maintained. Is, is, Oof. is this a case? And I don't know. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I've I've got a, a ten-year-old who fucking loves Harry Potter, right? Right. Uh, we we watched one of the movies earlier on today, in fact. Um, but is this a case where that legacy is important enough? Getting people to read, for fuck's sake, getting your sister to read—that's right. colossal. And there are stories like that across the world. Yeah. So is this a case where that legacy is? Does it smother the abhorrent opinions that? the creator has revealed and to me i think i think she's ruined it honestly it's Mm. for me it's really hard to like i don't think i would introduce someone to harry potter now like it had its time people have pointed out there's a lot of other stuff that's problematic about harry potter that we weren't thinking about at the time either Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stereotypes a lot of you know problems with the way that people of different races are represented you know a little bit of light anti-semitism in it all kinds of things you know so there's a lot of ways in which you know she sort of revealed herself in these books um but just on the basis of this and the fact that she's so willing to throw everything out it is difficult for me to you know hold on to any of my affectionate feelings for it it was important it had its time Mm. Um, and I think it's over. <laughs> I mm. think that that, you know, for me, it's over. I, I can't imagine in 2021, like if I were to have a child, mm. uh, and you know, 10 years from now they wanted to read these books, I would be reluctant. Mm. Be like, I guess. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. It's... I think she tarnished it. 
because it's hate you know it's, it's it, a it is of course campaign. it is it's, and you, that's you put the, it beautifully just there. It it. it's so it's rough. it's denial of basic human rights it's denial of humanity uh your yeah. right to an identity um i actually know somebody a, a friend of mine who i think i'm right in saying did in large part a phd on i think uh, joss whedon role of women in joss oh, whedon's work boy. yeah I'd, I'd, i i i might point her towards this episode and ask her opinions um mm. right i uh joss whedon is a big one too because the whedon verse is a huge part of colossal you know i sang a song from dr horrible at my wedding mm. <laughs> yeah, <fucking laughs> hell. Uh, you're picking them up aren't you you're you're accumulating uh problematic uh, creators wow i know you really uh, it's hard to trust anybody out there but, like, I also, you know, I think in terms of, like, so what you were saying about, like, Marilyn Manson and Louis C.K. And one of the yep. issues with those guys being, like, a total lack of sort of, you know, or a degree with Louis C.K., like, a degree of being willing to be, like, mea culpa to an extent. And then, like, why are you guys still ostracizing me and not getting yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and just I think... to be crystal clear, his his... His contrition was mealy mouthed and piss weak. Right. Properly fucking, you know, not worth the paper it was printed on type shite. Yeah. So let's please not for a second <laughs> uh, yeah. infer from what I'm saying here that I'm ready to fucking buy my ticket and, and, and right. loll along uh, yeah. like I used to. But I think of also, you know, sort of around the same time, because it was all this sort of Me Too things and everything, there was also. Mm you know, Aziz Ansari at the time yes. who had had the thing where, you know, a woman had published that they had um, had oral sex, but she wasn't really, it wasn't fully consenting, essentially, that she kind okay. of felt like he press, pressured her into it and that he wasn't reading her cues, that she really didn't want to do this. Mm. Um, and, you know, just sort of like, until she kind of like broke down and was like, if this is going to get him out of my apartment, then sure you know and so in that sort of case like he and you know the text message afterwards he like she texted him the next day and was like hey just fyi like i was not into that and i felt like you know you violated me and he wrote back and was like christ like i misread that whole thing you know and immediately was very contrite about this and this i think was like years later that then she wrote that article about it mm -hmm. but he very much kind of was like yeah yeah, no, that was terrible. That was a thing that happened that was absolutely awful. And, you know, I, I misread a situation for my own gain, you know, willingly misread that situation. Mm. Um, and with that, you know, and then he came out with a special and he did talk about it, um, you know, like a year ago or something like that. He opened the special and he was like, we have to talk about what happened here um, and, you know, sort of ex explain the situation and everything. And for me... Like, there's still a lot of people who, like, I think he's one of the more effectively canceled, again, to use the that sure. term, even though it's stupid, but uh, more effectively canceled people. Like, you really don't hear much from him or see much from him. And his star was on the rise. But I think also, you know, what he did is something that I see probably most men have done. Um, and then he went out and talked about why what he did was wrong, um, and, you know, openly discussed that and didn't say mm. people should get over it. Mm. Uh, he's like, yep, you know, it wasn't, 
there's something other than rape that can happen that's still wildly violating to yeah a woman. sure and um, yeah, in a in a huge contrast to I mean I've not seen it I, I I don't really have I can't really have an opinion I've not seen it but what I can speak to is uh, when Louis C.K. addressed it in his uh, special in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was kind of a hey, shrugging, you know. It was kind of <laughs> should we talk right. about it? Oops! While people fucking whooped along and laughed. Right. Yeah. It, there, there was there was no sincere attempt to open any kind of meaningful dialogue. It was more of a hey, it's just fucking cheeky old me. Way. Right. It all seemed very very uh, flimsy. Yeah, and on and again on multiple levels, this guy who not only you know violated women through exposing himself to them and all of this kind of stuff that he did, but also that this affected their livelihoods. These are women who sure. like you know had to leave comedy, had to leave yep. you know Hollywood, all of these things as a result of this, and to just yeah. sort of like shrug it off is you know. Yeah, that is it's, horrible. Yeah, it's, it's, so my uh, reaction to injury, him, isn't it? Yeah, my reaction to him is is different than to something like Aziz. That I think that really what happened with that was something that a lot of men needed that wake up call. That like, listen, just because yeah. someone doesn't say no, you know, if you're choosing not to read the social cues, that's a terrible thing too. Um, you know, and that's a thing people should know about. But I think I, you know. I think I know a lot of men who have done that and needed to hear that and him talking about it the way that he has is something that to me makes it so that I don't, if when I see Aziz in something, I don't go like, oh, fuck that guy. Mm. You know, <laughs> like mm. I'm not as quick to sort of jump on it. And that's not a person I'm like hugely attached to either. I don't have the baggage of being like, oh, he gave me so much. I like sure. Parks and Rec, but mm. <laughs> I do think that again, when we're talking about like, contextualizing like the scale of what someone does and you know how they react to it and things like that that doesn't hit me the same way because i do think we have to acknowledge that um we're dealing with societal issues that are bigger than one individual man doing a terrible thing Mm. you know (laughs) overriding his sense of propriety for this when that's a structural issue that's a thing people are doing all over the place you know and that plays you know that that plays a part the the willingness or the 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 self-awareness of the individual concerned to not make it simply about them and what they've fucking right. done but to yeah. try and broaden the focus a little bit to zoom out and to and to to address some of the wider issues um a concept that 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 has stuck with me for a long time in my life is is uh think of it as as almost a kind of an emotional bank account right mm. and if there is an artist who has paid into that and has enriched your life and who you have stuck with through thick and thin. They've paid into this bank account. So when it comes time for them to fuck up and withdraw from it, mm-hmm. if what they've put in is, you know, it outweighs what they've taken out, I guess you can mm. stick with them. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I got, I, I have no connection with Morrissey really, other than kind right. of listening to, to stuff on you know what, what, on behalf of my friends i enjoyed it but you know aziz ansari ian Watkins, i've got no fucking interest really in their career across my life so right. there's nothing to balance out the withdrawal they've made fuck them right yeah that's a good point right it, why start 
Mm. being into someone who you know all you know of them is something shitty that they did Mm. you know like woody allen is is, is a huge one i mean we've we've kind of yeah we've yeah uh that's the biggie isn't it it is it is and it was a conversation with my brother that that put this idea in my mind actually to talk this through um a colossal contribution to 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 the world of film annie hall is is always 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 fucking mentioned as one of the greatest romantic comedies of all time ever yeah which i don't get because it bores the shit out of me oh yeah (laughs) it did it did did nothing for me um but uh a fundamentally fucking horrific guy which is yeah just terrible and if you watch alan v pharaoh you're gonna Mm. see even worse i mean and, and that's see this is like a kind of like the louis ck situation where it's just like someone who knows he knows how to manipulate the the situation you know Mm. to make you think he's one guy when he's a different guy and you know he had a successful decades-long campaign against mia farrow to make her seem terrible um and like she was crazy and a jilted ex when on Mm. its face you should have looked at that and go yeah she's a jilted ex because you're dating her daughter Mm. like (laughs) what yeah that would that's completely fine to be freaked out by that but Mm. you know he managed to shape that into a narrative that made him into this uh this man who was just targeted by her her ire Mm. um and because you know of a lot of attitudes about women that this country has had especially in the you know 80s 90s it, he got away with it, you know, mm. and uh, to me, it's very easy to dump Woody Allen because I've only I've seen Annie Hall and I've seen Midnight in Paris, which I did like, but it was before I knew all of this. Um, and so I have no when I watched that movie and it was like, I mean, that documentary and it was going through like what his movies were about. I was like, ew, this guy's mm. a giant creep. And these would have always made me uncomfortable. How were people yeah. watching these and thinking this was art? The the pre and post realization thing that you you spoke of earlier on, yeah. you know, stuff that I stuff that I enjoyed and held on to before finding out is still fine. I mean, I, I guess, I guess in the final analysis, it's fucking up to you, isn't it? And if you feel as though if you feel as though you can deal with it, <laughs> then fuck you. You've got to make that choice. Those hundred and five. Yeah. If it, you know, however many of those hundred and five thousand people know exactly who they're listening to, right. yeah, they, and, uh, be prepared to defend it. Yeah, be prepared yeah, to fucking exactly. explain why the fuck you are still playing that album. Yeah, but if you, fuck, if you if you if you feel as though you 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 can do it, then do it. It's nobody else's. Fucking yeah, I don't know. I, game, sometimes I though, it it shapes the way I think about other people. Sometimes more than the artist them, yes. themselves. Oh, you know, completely. Where... Like I say, be prepared to fucking defend why you've got <laughs> why you're listening to that. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm like, sometimes people will be very into something and I'm like, I, but that, that person is garbage. Like you, you know that. And it's like, and I'm so, I mean, we're, we both tend to be sort of absurdly principled about these kinds of things and just sort of be like willing to dump yeah, yeah, whoever yeah. this is. I mean, Brand New is one of my favorite bands of all time, but Jesse Lacey is trash. So that's the end of Brand New for me, you know, things like that. But when people will like, still sort of stand people that we know are terrible and not reluctantly watch you know it's one thing if it's like mm. yeah i know 
I know they're they're awful. Yeah. Like I, I, the other night watching AEW, and I hate Mike Tyson with a fiery passion because he's a trash human. Yeah. Um, and so I'm begrudgingly watching it because See, I'm enjoying the rest of this. But now then, if you're a I'm, stan of Mike Tyson, what the hell is wrong with you? Am I all right? Am I going? I'm, I might be going on a limb here, right? Go for it. I feel as though right. Chris Jericho is a f- just he's a, just a complete prick, right? Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, camp uh, donated uh, you know a lot of money to to Donald Trump's campaign. Regularly gives a platform to fucking nutters and conspiracy theorists on his yep. massively well listened to and influential podcast. Yep. Just a shitbag. Yeah. Wasn't his wife at the Capitol? Yeah, she was. Yes, absolutely, yep. she was. Yep. Um. <laughs> but to to kind of put him through the justification machine that I've been talking about, right? <laughs> his his contribution to his art, and that's what it fucking is. Pro wrestling is an art. Have we just have we had a Star Trek reference and a wrestling reference on one episode? We're Oof. fucking cooking yeah. the gas this week. Um, <laughs> he also kind of is good at kind of keeping his shittiness <laughs> under wraps. Yeah, he doesn't like if you don't listen to that podcast mm. and you don't like, you know, you're not reading about this stuff in various places. I follow a lot of people who are really into wrestling, so I see it come up. Um, mm. But you wouldn't necessarily know he's not yes. like, you know, he's not one of those guys who like just he's not Morrissey. He's not spouting it everywhere. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. And and his and his contribution is unfucking besmirchable if that's even a word right. it is it is colossal <laughs> and will resonate through history so i guess that's the right to hold shitty opinions privately isn't it which everyone has right yeah exactly and it it makes it so i kind of cringe um mm. but it's not quite the same thing like so chris jericho and mike tyson coming out together well again this makes me think worse of chris jericho because mm. he's associating with mike tyson but mm. uh you know it's like mike tyson is like actively an abuser and yes. you know has this terrible history behind him i can't there's nothing i can redeem that with whereas there are plenty of people i know in real life who have Chris Jericho opinions and most of them I've filtered out but at the same time uh you know there's like a degree to which like you go through your life with people having shitty opinions around you and you can't every time I watch something I don't know who every single person who made it is great point you know (laughs) like so Mm. I may know one actor's opinions on things Mm. or something like that but Mm. who knows what the second AD does like Yeah, you know, so there's always got to be when I teach pop culture classes and like my students are first learning about all these concepts for the first time and about like things that are problematic and having to like think about representation and think about meanings behind things and stuff like that. For a lot of people, it's overwhelming and they're like, I now I hate everybody and I can't watch anything and it's just ruining things for me. And I'm always like, no, that's not what I'm saying. My point in all of it is to never turn your brain off when you are watching something that you yeah, should yeah. always be critical of it and you can enjoy yep. it but you know you have to be able to make those kinds of decisions about who you're giving your money to whose ideas you're letting into your head things like that you know and I don't want to blindly sit here and like you know because I like Chris Jericho on AEW and he is 
a super good time. I don't want to then go, well, then everything he says on his podcast is a it thing is I believe funny. now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and that's I guess how you've we just, approach this, I think. You've yeah. kind of answered the question that we set out to, to, to discuss here. Can you effectively just clearly separate art from artist? It would seem not. Yeah, I don't think you... And nor should you. I don't think you can if you are thinking critically about mm. it. I also just don't necessarily think that means you have to throw out everything all the time. Like we've talked about, there are these degrees of offenses and there are things that we can live with and there are things that are too much, mm. you know? Um one of my stupid justifications for the David Bowie thing is that the girls that he was involved with to this day see nothing wrong with it. They don't think they were harmed at all, you know, as opposed to someone assaulting someone. But they were too young to consent, you know? Like, there's all these, like, little balances things of who's harmed and all these kinds of, you know, whatever in this. And you have to make those judgments. But at the same time, I think the fact that it makes me think about it in the first place makes mm. it so that there is some value to this as well, that I have to deal with cognitive dissonance. You know, I have to deal with having Suspend. conflicting, mm. you know, I have to think through all of this and make these kinds of decisions where that's kind of the point, as opposed to just blindly taking in everything and being like, if I like it, then it's good. Yep, yep, we yep. like things that are bad all the time. So just don't, you know, just think about it. That's my thought process. Beautiful. <laughs> it's almost as though it's almost as though there's shades of gray and subtleties to every single fucking case. Oh, but I the hate that. Uh, I know, <laughs> fuck's sake. Stupid shades of gray. Um but yeah, that that that's my takeaway. If if you are going to if you are going to support a fucking absolute deviant, you'd best be prepared to go to bat for it. Mm. Right, exactly. And hey, you know, there'll be, there's probably people listening to this who are like, how, like, think it's bizarre and weird that I would defend, you know, Aziz Ansari or things like that. And that's mm. where their line is or things like that. And it's based on your own experiences. It's based on your expectations of people. There's all kinds of reasons. And I would have no, you know, I don't defend any, I don't de defend Bowie or Aziz or any of these kinds of things in sure. any way. Um, you know, beyond more or less just defending why I haven't completely pushed them out of my my uh, collection. Crossed but, off the cool list, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think both of us with the people that we've discussed, we would never, we would never, you know, take a bullet for them on this, take a bullet for this opinion, you know? No. We'd say, no, it absolutely makes sense for those who would cancel them all together and say, fuck them. Because fuck all these people, to be fair. Right in the eye. <laughs> exactly. That's where. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in summary, fuck all of those lads. There we go. Yes. In conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in summary. <laughs> that's, a, that's the firmest conclusion we've come to on this yeah. entire podcast. Fuck these it's... guys. <laughs> uh, listen, I mean... <laughs> I, I I got nothing. I got nothing to end on. I really, I'm, I'm spent. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, have you got into career trouble through molesting people? Get us a shout. We want to hear from you. 
No, we don't. No. One hundred percent. Do not are want you to a... hear from any sex pests. Are you Aziz Ansari? We'd like to hear from you. <laughs> Unless it's Aziz Ansari, <coughs> he can come talk about it. Him and Army Hammer can come and explain themselves. Oh, but uh, other That'd than that, dream. No. <laughs> I don't want to hear about anybody and their sexual woes. Um, I, there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Hmm. But if the person you're listening to has been convicted of something horrific, that is literally a guilty pleasure. <laughs> Wise words from Mark. Hit us up on all the socials. You know where to find us. Yes. We'll, uh, uh, we'll talk see to you next, next week. week I guess. Stay spooky, friends. Bye.